I'm actually doing not too badly. I do have a punctured lung, and I have three broken ribs. But I'm discovering that one can get through that as long as one is on lots of drugs. <laughs> and so I'm on drugs. In fact, I, could I honestly say this is the first time I've ever been on drugs when I was preaching? Yeah, I think I probably could. You know, there's something about churches of Christ. We've always been a little bit afraid. Of... <laughs> Just what we need. People ad-libbing this morning when I can't see them. Don't want to turn my body to see them. Okay. We've always been a little bit afraid uh, in in churches of Christ, of giving the Holy Spirit too much of a role because we're afraid of what other people do with the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that happens when, of course, when people are afraid of doing too much with the Holy Spirit in light of what other people are doing is that you, you tend to go to the extremes. And so we don't just find a nice middle ground, but we tend to move toward the opposite extreme. So somebody says, well, you know, the Holy Spirit does absolutely everything in our faith. And then we get to the point where we say, the Holy Spirit does nothing in our faith, or at least it would seem so. And we sometimes have, we have been there, and I think that's a, a big mistake. And this morning, I want to talk about that specifically with reference to the appointment and movement by the Spirit to make people leaders in the church of Jesus Christ. And those of you who lead, I don't know if you, if you ever think to yourself, the reason I'm a leader The reason I'm able to do what I do in the church is because the Holy Spirit has appointed me a leader and put me in this position. But I absolutely believe that to be the case. And I would say that not only is that the case, but we do tend to to miss the importance of that fact. So when people ask questions about should I lead or should I take a position of servant leadership within the church, we ask questions about whether or not we are capable whether or not I have the time. You know, that's probably the biggest thing. Instead of asking, does the Holy Spirit want me to do something in ministry? The biggest question that we probably ask most of the time, and you know this is as true uh, of you as it is of me, we say, do I have the time? And a lot of times we look and say, no, I don't. I don't have the time. And because I don't have the time, I tend, I, I won't take that position of leadership. And so we tend, I think, to miss out on the Spirit's role here in doing something with our leadership. Now, part of the the concern here, I suppose, is just a sense of a fear about having something that's kind of irrational control something that's so significant in my life. Like, how do I turn over a significant portion of my time and my effort and even my power, like my control, how do I turn that over to the leading of the Holy Spirit in terms of my role in leadership? How do I just kind of give that over to God? If there's anything we want, it's to have control over the things that we want to have control over. And here the Spirit is maybe calling me to do something where I don't have so much control. Well, we need to counteract, I think, that way of thinking when it comes specifically to leadership by looking at what the New Testament says, first of all, about the presence of the Spirit in appointing people to be servant leaders 
within the church. And so I'm just going to rip through some passages here that I want you to go to with me real quick. And we'll just see some things quickly and then I'm going to have these folks do some talking. If you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, that would be great. Acts chapter 1. This, you know, this, the whole time that we've been doing stuff with the Spirit in the last year, we've been continually going to Acts chapter 1. And I just find this to be a very, very significant place in Scripture when it comes to talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And so if you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water in a few days, uh, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and at the ends of the earth. Now clearly... Even though it's Jesus himself who chooses the apostles, clearly the Holy Spirit has a huge role to play in the ministry of the apostles in the life of the church. And so they're supposed to stay in Jerusalem. The power of the Spirit is going to come upon them, set them apart for a special ministry, and enable them to do that ministry. And so if nothing else, we have here the the precedent of the Holy Spirit working with leaders in the church people who are being developed and shaped for ministry and putting them in a position where they can do exactly what God wants them to do. But it's the Spirit who does that with these people who are merely human beings like you and me. You think about that. We, you know, we tend to think, well, Peter and James and John and the rest, they, there must have been something really special about these guys. And that's, that's the thing I'm convinced of, is that there's not something so special about these guys. It's instead the Holy Spirit that is special These are just guys. But they respond positively to the movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives to enable them to lead in the church. Now flip over to Acts 13. These first several scriptures here, I made it really convenient. We can just go through the Bible. Well, in fact, before you go to 13, since you're you're on your way there, go to 11 first. Okay, chapter 11. And I just want you to notice in verse 27... It says, during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. Now, we're going to look at some stuff here having to do with prophets in just a moment. But here we got a prophet who is called a prophet. And the Holy Spirit speaks specifically through this prophet. And it's not an Old Testament prophet. It's not Isaiah or Jeremiah or somebody. This is a prophet within the early church. Now, look at Acts 13. It says in verse four or verse one, sorry, in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them." So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Then it says, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And clearly in this text, the Holy Spirit is the one who sets aside missionaries, who specifically appoints two guys and says, I want these guys to be my missionaries taking the gospel to the world. Then flip over to chapter 21. 
And again, just a comment about, uh, about the role of prophets. And I'll show you why this is significant in a second here. Verse 8 in chapter 21 of Acts says, Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the home of, of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who had prophesied. And after we'd been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came. So we hear about Agabus for the second time here. Came down from Judea, coming over to us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And gives Paul an insight in terms of what's going to happen to Paul in his ministry. Okay, then lastly for right now, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And what we've just seen is that in the New Testament church, the Holy Spirit was working with fellows that he called apostles. And then specifically he was working with prophets. And in verse 11 of chapter 4, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And again, clearly, it's the Holy Spirit who has this specific role of, in the church, establishing those who will serve in leadership positions. And he specifically names some of those and in this case, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And then if you flip back just real quick to Ephesians chapter 2, notice this. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Verse 19 says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation, the foundation, it says, of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So if you ever thought to yourself, do I have a role within the church? Or should I have a role in the church? Should I play a role of leadership within the church? There's a sense in which you shouldn't be asking that question so much of yourself as much as you should be asking that question of the Holy Spirit and praying for a specific answer in terms of God's Spirit working within you to lead you and take you down a path of servant leadership within the church. Because it's very clear from everything that we've read this morning that it's the Holy Spirit who appoints people specifically to serve in ways within the church. So part of our goal this morning is to, to just talk about this. What does it mean to be a servant in the church, a leader in the church, a servant leader within the church, and what does it mean for the Holy Spirit to establish us in that kind of position? How does he take us and move us to the point where we can serve within the church? And what we have over here are three fine servants of Jesus. And, yes, you are. No, really, Ryan. And, and they represent different facets of leadership within our congregation. And so we have on the left here, Miles Rippenhagen, who serves as both elder and life group leader within our church. We have Brenda Coughlin, who serves in numerous roles, but one of the ways in which she specifically serves, and which I've kind of called on her to talk about this morning, is her role as being a teacher. She serves down this hallway on Sunday mornings and teaches our kids in one of the Bible classes. And then Ryan Nickel serves as a life group leader within our church, along with just being the all-around person that he is, to always be there whenever something needs to be done, and, and ask Ryan is there to serve and be that person. 
So I've asked some questions. Uh, They've kind of been prompted a little bit uh, with the questions already. And I just want them to respond to these in front of you guys and talk about what it means for them to serve in the church and even specifically about the role of the Spirit in helping them to get where they are. And so if each of you, and you know, you don't have to give long answers here. We don't have tons of time. But I, but I do want to, uh, to get some, some kind of answers from you on some questions. So let me just ask these and we'll go kind of right down the line here, starting with Miles on the left. First of all, the question is simply this. How would you describe the internal, spiritual, or even psychological processes that led to your willingness to serve as an active volunteer in the church's work? So what, what is it that you've experienced that caused you to be able to think of yourself in those terms and say, yeah, I'm willing to serve in this way? Um, well, it, in, in the role of elder, this is something that, um, even as a kid at different times, I always thought, yeah, is that something I, that someday I might want to, to work toward? And, um, and it was always kind of in the back of my mind, but, you know, life gets busy and you, you're focusing on, on school or job or other things and um, uh, life experiences or, you know, it's only looking back a lot of times that you see how God prepares you for things. And um, uh, before I actually took on the role of elder, about a year and a half before that, just different comments that different people said made me start thinking about that direction. And um, when it seemed that God was pushing me that direction, um, uh, I ended up praying like I had never prayed before. Um, it really kind of pushed me towards spiritual disciplines and really, you know, saying, is this, is this the right thing? Is this where God wants me? And um, uh, I often had feelings of inadequacy, um, which is good because it points out the fact that I am inadequate and my adequacy comes from God. And um, um, it's encouraging to know for me, that God uses ordinary people, and um, I'm definitely qualified for that. <laughs> and so, um, it's you know, if God puts me here, then I trust that God is going to um, um, be able to do through me His will. So. Okay, appreciate that, Brent. Well, I think for me, uh, because I wasn't raised in a, a Christian home per se, but I did go to Sunday school when I was a little girl, and I always um, believed that there was God, and then when things got more interesting in my teen life and I quit going to Sunday school with the neighbors and uh, headed off on my own path, um, I think what's happened for me is God has kind of been, you know, doing the yo-yo thing with me for a very long time and saying come to me, come to me, and I'm going, nah, it's too much fun out here. I'm going to do it in my own way. So I think for me, um, coming to uh, recognize, A, that there's a Holy Spirit that actually works in my life. I always believed that God was there. Um, th- that just being, um, becoming a mom was part of what led me to being the teacher and being drawn by the Holy Spirit to... Uh, 
a different way of life in when the boys were very little um, to to turn back to God because uh, the way that we were living our life at that point in time was just uh, disastrous. It was chaotic and and uh, and not good. So so for God to draw me in to to be uh, drawn into the teacher spot, I think was more of a uh, I kind of stumbled into it, <clears throat> like uh, we came to church and. They asked us to teach Sunday school, and I'm going, like, really? Like, I know the Bible? I don't think so. But by teaching, I've learned the Bible, and it's been a wonderful experience for me personally, and I think the Holy Spirit has drawn me that way. Sometimes I kind of feel like the Pied Piper that's that's leading the kids, and I think you should all worry about exactly where I'm leading them. <clears throat> anyway, and having said that, Ryan's daughter is in my class, so I'll just give it to him now, Kel. Okay. Ryan? I guess I'm probably very much an unwilling servant of Christ. Did you say unwilling? Unwilling. The Holy Spirit has always been very clear with me for the longest of time that I'm supposed to be active in discipling other people. And I often resist it. I often try to make excuses. I often try to get involved in other activities so I don't have to do that or make the excuse that I, I'm not at the level yet where I can build into other people's lives. Uh, and that, that struggle is still going on. I fight that every, every week. But I guess how I became involved in life groups at our church was John Casella. <laughs> Shortly after Carrie and I joined the church, we joined his life group and then I don't know, sometime after that, he kind of passed the mantle over to us. And I'm part of Life Groups now because of John. Okay. Well, I'd be interested in hearing from uh, each of you. I mean, we can take this in reverse order this time and start with you, Ryan. Um, I'd, I'd be interested in knowing exactly how you feel like the Holy Spirit has has orchestrated things or affirmed in your heart or given you a calmness about uh, the decision to become uh, the servant that you are? Like, how would you say that the Spirit has worked? Like, like obviously, like in your case, Ryan, like, clearly God has worked on your heart enough so that even though you might have some hesitancies or whatever, you've chosen to do it. You know, how, how, how has that happened? How is it that when John Casella said, why don't you take this over, that you were able to find yourself saying yes? And do you feel like the Spirit worked in that? you got to give me a minute on that one. <laughs> okay. So this is Ryan speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think for me... Uh, we have, John and I have taught uh, just about every age group that there is in, in the church, except for maybe the nursery. Um, and I think for me, I've ended up in the four and five-year-old class because that's probably about where my emotional age is most days. And any of you that know me know that. <clears throat> and, and I think for, for me, what's reinforced it is uh, a couple of years ago, actually probably about five years ago, I went through a really, really rough time. Um, a burnout at work and stress leave and I, you know, a deep depression and 
the thing that kept me going was coming and teaching on Sunday mornings. Mm. My four and five-year-olds, your children, are the ones that uh, help me recover. So I'm not so sure about the Holy Spirit uh, wanting me in that place, but I know that the Holy Spirit put me there so that I could heal. And I know I learn more from the kids every week than I'm sure they learn from me. And if you believe half of what they come home with, I'll believe half of what they tell me in the classroom and we'll be good. <laughs> in five it says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith for you may know the full mysteries of God. I guess that's probably the biggest thing that affirms me back into being actively in discipleship is whenever I take a break from that, my relationship with God always starts dying. I've taken breaks before claiming that that's going to give me time to grow, but all it does is give me time to plateau. And I guess that's the biggest way that God reaffirms me, reaffirms me every week too, is that I know more about him because of that time of discipleship than if I had just done something else for the week. It's just something about interacting with other people and the Holy Spirit just changes who I am and my understanding of God. Uh, I find that the the Holy Spirit works in my life um, to the extent that I am open to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life. And, and uh, I mean, he, uh, that's not completely true because I, there are many times I look back and I see the Holy Spirit's been working in my life, uh, uh, whether I was a willing participant or not. But uh, I know that when I am, am more open and I'm uh, actively acting, uh, asking uh, God and his Holy Spirit to work in my life and transform me, that um, uh, I, I see that happening in, in ways that I, I can't deny. Like it's, it's, a, it's a very obvious, a very, um, um, a very real thing to me. And when I see God answering prayers and working my life and, um, and working in, in people around me, um, that provides a lot of encouragement to me and that, that uh, just... Uh, gives me confidence that um, that I'm not doing this alone, that God is with me, and uh, and I've got I'm surrounded by uh, you know a, a group of elders, and that's so good because we you know we depend on each other, we um, uh, we encourage each other, we help each other, we make up for each other's weaknesses, and um, um, you know and so. I think the Holy Spirit encourages me through these relationships with other people, um, using each of us to kind of speak into each other's lives the things that we need to hear. And um, just seeing that happen uh, just um, confirms that, um, th that this is where God wants me to be because I see him acting in it. Appreciate that. 
One last question here uh, that I'll let each of you address. Um, you know, I, I would assume that all of us at some point think to ourselves, should I be doing more? What role should I take? How should I be playing out my life within the church? And I, I do think that the, that the Lord wants us all to progress. He wants us to all move in a, in a direction where we're, of course, becoming more and more mature spiritually and more and more mature in terms of our opportunities to serve. And so I just wanted, you know, just quickly here, and we'll make these answers fairly brief if you would, um, just address the question, what encouraging words would you give to people who are sitting out here today thinking, um, should I serve and and I'm not right now, or should I serve more than what I'm doing right now, or should I continue to serve in the ways that I am right now when I find it a challenge? Um, how can people go about making a decision about their servant leadership within the church in the most positive, spirit-led ways possible? I don't care who goes first. Absolutely nothing will get you closer to God than serving God. It's absolutely impossible to get to know God without serving Him. The best thing that you'll ever experience in life is experiencing God. And the only way that you're ever going to do that, and the only way I've ever been able to do that, is when I'm actively serving him in some capacity, whatever that might be. That's going to connect you to God like nothing else. Mother Teresa said that um, we can do no great things here on earth. We can only do small things with great love. And I believe that that is uh, something we all can strive for and something that we all can attain. Um, I don't think you're ever prepared to step into a ministry position. Uh, I, uh, I think that you grow in it, and that's part of what God wants for us. He wants us to step in there uh, with blind faith and uh, face, you know, 12, four and five year olds every week only with Carla Ashby by your side, I might add, and, uh, and that, that he will give you what you need to do. I have learned so much from these children. I absolutely adore them. Um, it's all about love and relationship. Oh, well, both of them kind of took my answers, but I think I'll uh, uh, just add that, um, you know, God doesn't need... Uh, perfection in the people he works through. He needs a heart to follow God. And um, I, you know, I, um, uh, you know, when you have, well, this is what I believe and these are my actions and and uh, you have this uncomfortable feeling sometimes because they don't really match up. Well, that's me when I'm not serving. And I love the fact that when I'm doing what, what I know God wants me to do, that there's this this sense of integrity, this this uh, uh, sense of fulfillment that says that um, you know that, that just kind of tells you in your heart that this is what God wants you to do, and when you're doing this, you are um, fulfilling God's God's will for you for your own life, and also. Um, Remember that this is a family here. The people 
that you are serving, uh, they don't want you to fail. They're, they're rooting for you. We're a family. We're, we encourage each other. We're all on the same team. Um, uh, and I know that I've received a lot of encouragement in, in what I do. So. Well, thanks, everybody. I appreciate it very much. Uh, you know, no doubt there's someone out there today thinking, should I serve more in the church than I do or should I serve the Lord in some specific way that I'm wondering about? And uh, I just want to encourage you to, to think seriously about that, pray about that, have the heart of a servant when it comes to that. You know, do you have a willing heart is a huge question that we need to ask ourselves. And as we think about our gifts and our abilities and how God is blessing us, you know, are, we, are we being faithful? Are we, uh, are we able and ready to serve? Um, do we have a, a heart that allows us to be taught how to serve better? All those things prepare us, I think, to be what God wants us to be. In the midst of that, we may not think that the Holy Spirit is working, but that's exactly the point, that he is. And through all those things that look to us on the surface like they're just kind of the, the human challenges or attributes or questions around us, it's the Spirit who's using and working through those and not just those human things that we think are there. When the Spirit leads us in that way, we end up being a blessing to the church for sure. Thank you very much. Michael?